A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is one of our News and Cues episodes. The Cues stands for questions, and the News stands for news. We love clarity in our titles. That's why we cut off most of the word questions. But anyway, we explained it, so it's all good. How are you, Ken? I am good. Oh, man, much to talk about. It's going to be one of those news catch-up weeks because, hey, why would Star Wars release information on a Monday morning? And they can wait for Tuesday when we release the episode. <laughs> so we're catching up to some stuff that was uh, out last week. Uh, but before that, and as always, I want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, one of our four center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us and do it. Try it out. Helps you. Helps the show. Helps the world. And Joseph, that's not all. 
No, we have another offer. Inside Editions is a publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books, as well as other pop culture books. You can build things. You can absolutely cover your coffee table so there's no room for coffee with all the pop culture books. Inside Editions is offering 35% off across their website with a special Force Center code. To get your discount, enter the coupon code FC35 or visit the website with this link, insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we are continuing to recommend the Inside Editions book, Secrets of the Jedi. The companion piece to that book, Secrets of the Sith, will be coming out very soon. And I hope they continue. I hope we get a Secrets of the Wookiees book. Just keep going with it because I love it. You can check it out with the code FC35. I love that idea. I didn't thought about it. Those Secret of the, the Linnae, the caretakers, that'd be great. <laughs> Those caretakers do have some secrets. Oh, especially the party, once a month party. <laughs> yep. When all the male pirate Linnae come back to the island. Oh, and then what are, what, what are the, what are they doing on the, on Octel? What are they, where, what islands are they marauding on? I don't know. There's a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe they must be claiming that they're marauding, but maybe they just go to like a different island and I watch hollow videos. I don't know what they do. It's like, it's an old hack stand up. Take my wife, please <laughs> set up here. That's going on. And we just got, we haven't discovered it yet. I'm uh, yeah. Some elaborate role play going on there with the Lene. That's great. So uh, not yet Secrets of the Caretaker, but the Secrets of the Jedi. Check it out. Like Joseph said, uh, our friends at Inside Editions, Star Wars Life Adventures. Uh, you know, you and I, the next couple of weeks and even months, we're doing some traveling here and there, all of us. So uh, it's, it's sometimes fun, sometimes a hassle. But, sir, did you have any adventures in between it all? Oh, my, I did. Sometimes we come to the uh, talking about Star Wars and life adventures and sometimes like, you know, well, life's just going along. Uh, this week was like the total opposite. Incredibly busy. Uh, I had my my birthday on Tuesday. Uh, I wanted to especially thank you, Ken. You put out a really nice post and heard a lot of nice things from Four Center listeners. So I really, really appreciate that. And then like a day and a half after my birthday, uh, visited my hometown of Minneapolis for the first time in two years. Uh, and uh, it was really great. It was really surreal. It is that uh, I, I'm so thankful for all of our Star Wars talks because they helped me process things. And it was really that that acceptance that, uh, things evolve, but also like essential truths don't change. <laughs> mm. And, you know, going home to Minneapolis, uh, a lot of that was like, here's all the beautiful sights I remember. Uh, and also a lot of condos. Okay, I have to accept change. Um, but it's just a very surreal thing to go home and home home evolves, right? Um, but it was it was really beautiful. Got to see uh, some friends, uh, got to see some family, uh, got to just uh, play some board games with friends, a great board game based on on uh, the movie Jaws. And it was a delight to be eaten uh, by my friend. That was very, <laughs> very huge highlight. Uh, so I could go on and on about great adventures, great conversations I had about Star Wars. But the thing that I wanted to pick because I talk about it here on Four Center a lot is I've got this uh, storage space in Minneapolis where Many of my old Star Wars books, uh, my Star Wars action figures are kept. Uh, I have all of my Power of the Force era figures in boxes, and I haven't opened them in so long. I truly don't remember who all I have. Uh, but my original Kenner uh, figures are there. They are in those old collector cases of Vader's head and 3PO's head. Yeah. And I've been really worried about them because it's been two years since we've been able to get to the storage space. And just like, uh, are they going to be okay? Uh, so it was really great to finally get there, open them up. They're just fine. And I got to just, 
we were, it was a really busy day rushing through a bunch of things. So I really felt like a kid. I was like, I have 15 minutes to play with my action figures. And then I yes. got to go do some stuff with my family. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I wanted to take a few back. So I had, uh, I had it all prepped if I had bought some um, napkins and to wrap, carefully wrap them in. And then I had bought some Ziploc bags and then I had brought a tote bag and I had like all of these, I had specific clothes I brought so I could carefully wrap them. So I spent the rest of the weekend carefully guarding the figures that I brought home. Uh, and the figures that I brought home is uh, my original Bespin Luke. Oh yeah. With the dark hair. Uh, and I hadn't, I, I just looked, I didn't decide ahead of time who was, I, who I was going to bring. I just opened it up and, and let the force guide me, you know, who spoke to me. Uh, and then, uh, general Maydeen and his Whoa. pointer, his swagger stick. How, how, uh, is he, how's the shape? Is he bold, vibrant colors on that outfit there? Bold, vibrant colors. His eyes are so beautiful. So it's such a beautiful sparkling blue it's clear that i was taking a lot of uh, care of my return of the jedi action figures yeah yeah <laughs> and maydean's arm is slightly loose because i would move it for him to point with the pointer but besides that maydean's yeah. like brand new mint condition nothing wrong with him uh yeah. and then i grabbed uh my cloud car pilot yeah and longtime listeners will know that uh i had my I played a story where the cloud car pilot was trying to ask Leia out for, for dates while Han was frozen in carbonite and Leia shot him down. Cloud car pilot is a very, very sad story. Uh, and finally, uh, Ori Marco, or as he was known at the time, prune face. Right. Also came home with me, uh, partially because I wanted a collection of, of beloved characters and weirdos. Uh, prune face comes with that gun that was just like i think this is off of old john wayne action figure or something yes. not spacey at all so i was uh, sure to grab that uh also my my figures from like a new hope era are so loved so yeah. loose they <laughs> literally can't even stand i took my stormtrooper out uh whose thumb long ago broke off so he can't hold a blaster i tried to stand him up to take a picture in the storage space and he just fell over. <laughs> He's just the stormtrooper who can't even now. That's uh, that. This is this is this is a great. This is a this is a, a, a treasure trove of, of memories. Yeah, no, it was an absolutely great life adventure and Star Wars adventure to go through all of the memories and then just also have this this new experience. Uh, like I was talking about like the idea of processing uh, what stays the same, what is constant, and then change at the same time. And it's so great to connect with these deep, deep memories, but they are different now because of doing this podcast and having this community and in talking about it. So it's a really great, beautiful kind of Star Wars in real life moment where uh, the old can become new again. And that's the way I felt about uh, carefully wrapping prune face in a napkin. <laughs> I mean, these are some heavy hitters that that. Uh... <laughs> That Maydean one, man. I mean, because yeah, I remember I, I I had that figure too, and it's like it just it was always in good shape. Maybe because you would say not played, but no, I think you're right. You just kind of posted him up in a, as a position of authority in your in your play scenes, so he's, he was a pristine condition for me too. Yeah, yeah. Carefully quaffed beard, everything. It's beautiful, <laughs> absolutely beautiful. I'll probably post some photos. Uh, some of the photos I took of my figures, my figures are so messed up, mm. and I had done some weird things to them. Uh, I showed them to some friends of mine and the photos I took and my photo, my friends were like, 
what the hell is that about? And it's like, see, this is why I can't post these on social media until I have like an hour to deal with the comments of like, what have you done to Greedo? So uh, I'll hopefully be doing that later this week. Sharing, yeah. sharing some Greedo. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. That's cool. so. That's uh, that was uh, my life adventure, Ken. I want to know about yours. Uh, the other way around. I mean, this is uh, you know, some some local travel here, some family stuff, uh, good and bad, and and all those kind of things. But uh, there was this one key moment this week. Uh, Grace and I sat down. We had a nice little dinner. I've been making these plant based um, sloppy joes, returning sloppy joes to my life. It's just I can't stop. I go to Ralph's every day, and they're like. Sloppy Joe mix. Yep. I'm heading there again. So <laughs> had a meal set down and we, you know, we do that debate of what you're going to watch. And we do the, we do the streaming app scroll and all those things. Uh, every, every, uh, every person goes through it, just trying to figure out what to watch. And then she says, well, I'm kind of in a star Wars uh, mood. We can watch a star Wars film. And I said, mm. Joseph, I said, now I'm good. <laughs> and it threw her for a loop because I've never known you not to watch Star Wars. And I said, you know what? I just, I think we all, and if you're listening, you kind of know what I mean too. Of just there's those moments where you just like, you need to just go away, not for long. I'll be back next week. But just like, you need to say, not tonight. I don't need, <laughs> I don't need it tonight. Let's watch something else, Let's watch something silly. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was oddly refreshing and I felt I needed to almost confess that. So all of us out there listening, you know, you don't have to feel guilty if you choose something else over star Wars on a particular Friday night, you're okay. Star Wars will always be there. Absolutely. You can be like those male inane. You can just go to a, a non star Wars Island and yeah. then come back for your star Wars. No, I know what you mean. I think, um, I think a, a part of appreciating something is sometimes knowing when you just, you need like a little breath to come back to it fresh. Yeah. I mean, you and I have experienced that with the the novels many times and we, we should say a couple of people have been asking, are we going to do an out of shadows review? Yeah, yeah, we absolutely are. We have the books, but I think both of us just with life and travel and work, it, it's, it's been tough. And then the comics sometimes get overwhelming for me. We've talked about that, but you know, coming off the bad batch run where you're, you know, you and I are, and others are watching the episodes two, three times in one day, uh, studying the movies to a micro level that we do sometimes. I just had that moment of, nah, we're going to watch a dumb ghost show. <laughs> well, and I always feel like watching other things is making me appreciate Star Wars more indifferently because, you know, we can totally disappear into the Star Wars bubble. But, you know, Star Wars exists in our galaxy and the ideas that Lucas uh, initially built it on and all the other creators now, like, they echo out in other places and it's really fun to watch something that I, I'm just thinking like, eh, I'm kind of in a different mood. I'm a big Teen Titans fan. I'll, you know, I'll watch Titans uh, and then find myself thinking about Star Wars because there's a specific idea that it's maybe approaching in a similar way or a different way. And uh, I guess what, what I'm saying is no matter what, I, uh, we're always watching Star Wars <laughs> at this point. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Even in a ghost show, right? Even. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You think of. Uh, can they do a Star Wars about ghost hunter hunters searching for Sith ghosts or Force ghosts? <laughs> yeah, you just uh, waiting for a shimmering blue Obi Wan Kenobi to pop up. <laughs> was that a Kenobi orb? It was a Kenobi orb. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a great adventure, a great uh, strong adventure, yeah, a great non-adventure, a non-adventure adventure, which we all need from time to time so well, yeah we're gonna be trading because you're, you're gonna be having some adventures soon so uh i will tell you uh you know how the couch was that week oh please uh yes uh yes even when i travel i miss the couch but yeah looking forward to some stuff some, some stand-up shows uh coming up uh so I'll let you all know 
uh, as always there. Uh, all right. We've got some Star Wars news. And, yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's go ahead and play catch up. The full Star Wars Visions trailer dropped last Tuesday. We'll make the jokes again, but really it's, it's just a thing now. <laughs> we... <laughs> are always going to get some big Star Wars news, it seems, the moment after we release our episode. So, Joseph, we're playing catch-up. Gut reactions, thoughts, the visuals, the characters, the action. Man, there's a lot there. Yeah, no, the the Visions trailer, I think I've watched maybe more than uh, a lot of the other Star Wars trailers. Um, it is just stunning. I yeah. love the variety in the animation. We kind of knew that was coming uh, from just even seeing some screenshots, but to just see it in literal action, flowing, moving, exploding. Uh, I love the variety in the styles. Uh, and I really loved just even in the visuals, uh, I'm on about the whole uh, power of the old and new. I always think that's one of the most central things in Star Wars. And I just really felt that power uh, or even tension or friction watching this this trailer that it was so overwhelming of the like, this is so familiar and yet so different, so strange, so fresh and almost like old and new in a circle. Right. You know, mm -hmm. got those great images like that, uh, you know, force user holding back stormtrooper stun bolts, which is like, I know every element of that. And yeah. yet I have never seen that, you know, I'm literally looking at that as you're talking, like literally that one's got me mesmerized. Yeah, because there's there's a power to it. It's just great direction. It, I keep looking at it, and it, it's like the force user is saying, "No, hold all my calls. I'm not doing anything today." Um, but then, like you know, got the familiar of the most Esper arena. But then, like actually, you know, I pause to see, ooh, what what did they design a, a you know a Star Wars just mic to look like, like an act, you know, a talking mic, not a singing mic, you know? Yeah. Um, the the dual the style of that that black and white sketch style oh right amazing that's real old and new and then uh the two other images that just like really grabbed me uh was the the lightsaber on a frozen lake with some kind of speeder coming at it of like yep. you know I, i'm from minnesota i didn't go ice fishing but i'm used to that image <laughs> of that sort of frozen lake and i don't think i've ever really seen it look like uh, you know a lightsaber on a very realistic looking kind of frozen lake right. um Final thing for me is that oh, it's a quick shot, but it was like perfect, just like Star Wars weirdness, where you just want to, want to know what else is happening. That weird character in the woods scanning for something. Mm. Yeah. It yeah. looks so Star Wars. That looked like, you know, okay, who is that? Is that a scavenger? Is that a force user? Is that a bounty hunter? What are they scanning for? You know, is that just one clip that's not actually important to the story? Or is that the whole thing? Oh, are they foraging for space mushrooms? What's going on? So... <laughs> Is I was so, so intrigued uh, by all of the just visual power of it. Yeah, I, what what keeps grabbing me is, is and I think I've seen a lot of people talking about like lightsaber sheaths, you know, like yeah. connected to swords and, and then just the designs that are, like you've been saying, is so familiar to Star Wars, but also new, different, and connects to the, the, the samurai, uh, uh, you know, samurai as a center that Star Wars has a lot, right? Just, it, it just, it, it's, it's now and and now now I get to say yeah, we all get to say it's not just a an homage. It's like no, no, this is this is actually like a Star Wars samurai story. <laughs> like, and it just pulls me in because then I just have images of 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 you know thoughts, images and thoughts of in my head of just of of certain codes and and what the themes that they're gonna these um, 
folks, these characters that we don't even yet really know are going to go out and fight for what's, what's at stake. And, and it just has it connects to just a classic kind of uh, old style picture movie type of thing. And uh, I, I'm intrigued by the, by the lightsaber of all. And you, and you know, me and our listeners know, like I've all, I'm always pulled into other things first before maybe lightsabers and Jedi, but I keep going to all those and all those shots here just looks like some of the more epic dueling we'll ever see because of the, the storytelling that we're going to get behind behind the, the duels. Uh, and I, I just keep going to those photos. Yeah. And, it, and it's so easy to to concentrate on the on the visuals. Right. And mm-hmm. the visuals are absolutely telling that story of like, look at all the different things that are begun, can be done with a lightsaber, including the apparently controversial, you know, spinning <laughs> Right. <laughs> lightsaber uh but the whole thing is structured and framed right to mm-hmm. make you think about that the little bit of dialogue really is about it starts with the can you take the the responsibility and the power of this you know ancient yeah. object and then at the end saying yes i will and then in between it looks like you're seeing a lot of people who did not handle the power and responsibility as well as they maybe <laughs> should have right so you've got conflict right there all built around just the idea of yeah. a lightsaber samurai centered indeed so yeah right yeah there's just uh, there's just this beautiful stoic uh hopefulness all wrapped up in some of these shots um and a lot of them just so you know you look at them yeah it is a truly star wars uh anime style but some of some of the shots i still uh, connect to like macquarie's art to me it's just a circle it's a circle of influence that i'm yes. loving yeah you know? absolutely well said uh so one of the things uh it's going to come out of it. We're not diving into the, the too much of the discourse of last week. You mentioned some of it. Some there's always, Hey, there's always going to be controversies, right? We, you know, you know, why couldn't we just enjoy things? But Hey, we also <laughs> understand uh, you're going to have reactions. You're going to have thoughts. You can have questions that that's also part of the fun of being a star Wars fan. And part of the, the fun of having those discussions. One thing that I want to discuss here is uh, these, these are non-canon stories. As we know, we already had that discussion, but looking at just some of the stuff in this trailer, we don't even know yet what we're going to see. But some of the shots you and I are talking about, I, I'm thinking and almost wanting and rooting for some of this stuff to appear in canon. Not maybe directly, not a one-to-one, this character comes over here. But again, to have this 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 circle of influence I'm talking about, have this influence new Star Wars stories going forward where some some creator can be like, look at that. Let's build on that. And maybe these, these creators behind Visions get pulled into canon things. That'd be a great addition to the Star Wars storytelling teams here. Um, and so I, do you have any thoughts on, on, on the, the effects on future projects and stories that Visions might have? Yeah, I, I think it's a great idea to the possibility of pulling in creators, pulling in a specific individual idea or image, or also it, it seems like maybe with this novel coming out, uh, Ronin, right? Yeah. The, the possibility of some of these individual stories kind of spawning their own little canon, their own little world, right? Yeah. Um, and, and we've got so much going on in the superhero world with the uh, multiverse, and that's really incredibly fun and and I love it and I, I'm excited uh, for multiverse now to become like an incredibly common word that just like you know your aunt and uncle who don't watch much they don't know about multiverses of course they do because it's so prevalent I don't even need this to be anything like that but just that idea that um, I, I think what I was really responding to in this trailer is part of what you were talking about with the lightsaber is in some ways the lack of canon gives Total, total focus to just the core ideas, right? Yeah. You watch that and all you're thinking about is the power and responsibility of the lightsaber, of this 
power of something ancient coming alive again and a new generation having to tackle of it. You know, right. there's clearly stuff in that trailer about the the threat of being consumed by darkness and the the positive power of family. All these core Star Wars ideas, and they are not distracted in any way by well, who's playing that canon character, or yeah. when does it happen on the on the timeline? You know, does that contradict this other thing on the timeline should that have been a comic book instead of like there's none of that discussion so you can just focus on the ideas so i think whatever happens with this i, I hope that they keep doing projects like this where i love canon stories rich connected canon but having some projects like this that are just like forget all that so we can just focus on this is why lightsabers are cool yeah yeah Take that stuff going forward. Yeah, there's going to be just a, I think, oh, yeah, this will inspire some things going forward. I absolutely believe that and, and love what you're saying and, and just be able to connect the freedom to just create, which, again, they talked about, James Wan talked about, and we've discussed here. But there's just something really powerful in that. And, and again, I, I'll say I love canon. I love canon. I live in that world and don't don't want to. Don't want everything, you know, that I'm seeing just to, to just immediately be canon. I, so, but I love exploring it and inspiring. And I think as, as Star Wars, Star Wars is as a franchise, as, as a brand is in a, is in this kind of time frame where we are writing the future a little bit. We, we don't know where all the roads are leading right now. Uh, we don't have an episode 10, 11, 12. We just have a movie, a show, something, I don't know, characters old and new. <laughs> so something like visions comes along and uh, where it's just an explosion of creativity, but it will help shape star Wars going forward. Absolutely. And I think we are really lucky that we have uh, we have balance in the canon. You know, we have these very canon rich uh, stories like Bad Batch, which I absolutely love. And I love it because it's mm -hmm. playing with this great canon of what, what was it like when the Empire was really just getting started. And then we have these kind of, you know, open sky projects like Visions and the way High Republic was, you know, starting out. And, and I love that we have both. Yeah, absolutely. Balance is needed. Uh, second story. Speaking of balance. Wow. All right. Here we go. I'm glad this story is now. Ten years ago, I would have, I would, I would have had some different things to say, Joseph. Uh, a new Marvel one-shot comic is on the way to help us all celebrate Life Day. That's right, Marvel Star Wars Life Day number one features four unique stories written by Kevin Scott, Justina Ireland, Jody Hauser, and Steve Orlando. The stories will cover different eras from the High Republic and beyond, including uh, the cover story, Han and Chewie, in an all-new Life Day adventure. Justina Ireland's tale will feature High Republic sensation Burr Yaga. So let's dive into thoughts on a Life Day for a new era, Joseph. Yeah, so I'm very excited uh, for the comic in general. I'm really thrilled uh, by the writers. Um, I've mentioned before, uh, I know Jody in in real life. I think she's great. She's a, a good friend and a great writer, so I'm really excited to see her uh, get to do some more writing. I don't know uh, Steve Orlando uh, or their work, but I'm just I was really excited to see uh, both of those writers uh, and some of our favorites from the High Republic. Uh, Kevin Scott and mm -hmm. Justina Ireland are great. I love all the High Republic authors, but I'm also glad to see uh, some other voices in the mix as well, uh, yeah. just to kind of keep that, you know, diversity of styles and approaches. So that was really cool to me. Um, and in terms of going to what you were saying about the sort of different opinions that you might have had in years past, yeah. Life Day used to be any time that it was kind of played with, right? It was a little bit of like, this is kind of having fun, poking fun at how weird to not great yeah. <laughs> the yeah. holiday special was and it feels like life day is now as an idea you know disconnecting a little bit from let's be uh cheeky about the holiday special yeah. 
And I love that because Life Day is is a, it's a holiday in Star Wars. And there's such storytelling potential in holidays, right? Of mm-hmm. family, culture, you know, uh, conflicts around <laughs> the yeah. dinner table, you know, the damage the Empire, you know, can do to societies to, you know, stop them from celebrating their holidays. There's, there's rich actual storytelling possibilities. So I'm thrilled that they're really being, uh, you know, mined. I'm right there with you on that. You really explained it well in in this. It's, this is almost um, maybe uh, you know, reaching the top of the mountain of Life Day references. And now <laughs> it becomes something real because it is, like you said, in, in terms of Star Wars story, you know, it was mentioned in The Mandalorian, right? And all those Easter egg videos got a lot of clicks off. Uh, that's a Star Wars that, the holiday special. Do you ever know about this? And that's the thing, too. Growing up, you know, the, the age of information being different as it was back then, like this was a weird legend. This was a, did you know that there was a TV special? Like what? I, I remember late 80s, just I almost couldn't believe it. And there was no proof, right? There was just just memories and, and stories passed down through generations. And my parents didn't watch it. They had no idea. I remember watching the Mandrell sisters after the Muppet show. I don't remember watching Star Wars uh, back in the variety show days. So, uh, yeah, the uh, it, 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 it's... It's a fun reference, but much like uh, Kevin Scott and his obsession with, uh, you know, Jackson, it's fun. It's cute until it is either too much or works out right. And his his story about Jackson got me to the point of like, all right, I, I can see what you're doing with this and you're going to make it something. And it's not just uh, it's not just a, you know, fun reference, a cheeky reference or not just being you're not being too cute. You really like this character, and you're finding the value in it, and you're and, and you're convincing me with, with great storytelling. This this might be the peak of that with Life Day. I've never had too much of a problem with the idea of it, but ten years ago, it would have been like this is stupid. You're trying too hard. Luckily, I've grown. Uh, luckily, I've matured, and luckily, I'm just loving all corners of Star Wars for the potential stories. And you're right. This is something. It means something. It goes into the, the most we've got on Wookiee life is is that special so now that it can go and it's not just one spot it's all around the galaxy and we can tell a story with it i'm i'm interested you have my attention yeah no and i and and going back to the high republic Yaga is a great character a beloved jedi wookie padawan wookie so the idea of like maybe we get to see life day you know on kashik at its height the way it was supposed to be you know uh, i'm thrilled to see that yeah, indeed. You mentioned Jody Hauser returning to Star Wars. I am very excited about that. I did want to get your thoughts on someone like uh, her coming back because we, 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 you and I have loved her work and, and, and uh, yeah, you, you, you're friends with her and I've had a chance to meet her too and she's wonderful. But like, uh, you know, I was a little worried the Rise of Skywalker adaptation comic she was supposed to write got, got uh, canceled or pulled. We know the story. And it's just like, she's too good of a writer to be on the Star Wars <laughs> sidelines. I'm excited to see uh, her come back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, uh, like I said, I think as many kind of different voices uh, telling stories like these, um, we've got to watch this as fans to see people, uh, new writers come into Star Wars, right? And they do one or two things. And then, you know, this new High Republic era, that's been a really different thing where it's a launch of a whole era. And these writers, uh, you know, are, are really sort of like um, elevated in a great way because they, they have this responsibility for this big project. And so it's exciting to see writers who are have done this work in Star Wars and that work in Star Wars and know that there's a possibility that if you read like 
a life day story from somebody. Maybe Steve Orlando's story is amazing. And then eventually Steve Orlando is in charge of like a whole new yeah. uh, big thing like High Republic with four or five other writers. So just kind of getting to go on that journey of seeing, you know, who, which creators really um, find a great Star Wars voice and, and go on to, you yeah. know, even more tales. Yeah, more tales indeed. What what is new becomes uh, old and legendary in, in a short amount of time. You know <laughs> exactly like, who's, who's Caven Scoot. Now he's one of my favorites. You know, and that's the way it works. So good to have Jody uh, back, Justina Ireland, uh, Kevin Scott, and Steve Orlando. Like you said, a new name for us popping on the scene. Uh, sticking around in comics here for the final story of our week. Uh, there's some additional comic news out there of, of new things coming, including a, a Jackson-related story, if I recall reading that uh, headline right. But let's dive into this big one. I guess we'll say light spoilers for anyone who hasn't been up on the War of the Bounty Hunter series. Hard to avoid by now, but we'll give you the moment to uh, click ahead. But here it is. Kira is back. A new Marvel uh, miniseries, five-issue series. We'll sh uh, show more of her story. We'll cover uh, what's been going on, um, you know, from Solo to now, but specifically be from Empire to Jedi. Charles Soule is the writer of all five issues of Star Wars Crimson Rain, due out in November. Charles said this, uh, the War of the Bounty Hunter saga is more of a Boba Fett story, so even though Kira's return was important to that series, he wanted to focus on Kira's story. And uh, this kind of continues what you and I have been discussing, this, the thoughts of kind of the renewed Kira interest and storytelling based around her. Uh, so let's start there, Joseph. Uh, we got uh, we got Kira back, and she's been working out, according to that great cover photo going around. <laughs> she's cut. Uh, what do you think about this? Yeah, I'm thrilled. I am not uh, caught up on the War of the Bounty Hunters, uh, other than, you know, uh, aware of Kira, aware of kind of the, some of the big uh, picture things, but I haven't personally read it. Uh, I will get to that. I'm thrilled for more Kira content. Uh, I think you and I both really were, were drawn to the character early on. I so love that she looks like she's going to be a kind of femme fatale tradition when you're first watching Solo, and then the characters develop so well to be so rich, so interesting, have such a, a kind of a, a darker perspective, but totally justified by her life experiences and left off in Solo with this great, great, intriguing uh, cliffhanger. So a rich character to explore. And I remember when Solo came out and there were some discussions, and I think some fans were like, uh, I like Kira, but, you know, we didn't we didn't get enough. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, like, this is the way of Star Wars, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a character you meet once uh, is probably going to come back. They do not just exist on screen. And the more the storytelling builds up in other places, comic books, books, video games, uh, whatever it is, uh, you know, virtual reality that we're all about circles today that feeds back to the original thing right and solo will become elevated by the more times that characters mm -hmm. and ideas uh pop up and you know uh, it's great to see the whole kira tapestry expanding <laughs> we're here to view the kira tapestries yes no you're <laughs> absolutely right you know and again what i just said of what is new becomes uh, old and familiar in a wonderful way uh, you know, Kira's a new character. Infus Ness is a new character. All these new characters pop up and there's always initially either, yeah, we want more, not enough, or who are they? I don't know anything about these characters. And at one point, all these characters were new, including that, uh, you know, uh, farm boy looking out to the twin sons on, on Tatooine. So I'm excited about this. And, and something you said, too, of 
what this will do for for Solo and the interest in Solo, a movie you and I both really enjoy and love. Yeah, you can look at the movie. A movie's a movie, and uh, you know the director changed all those kind of those headlines. Yeah, you know maybe uh, there, we would have a couple more beats with Kira, insight to the character. Amelia Clark did a wonderful job with the, with that character, but uh, maybe you know had to face some struggles to get that character off the page in a better way, which we believe she succeeded. But there's all those kind of conversations around Solo. But I do feel with Most Wanted by Ray Carson, now her appearance in the comic, you're going to learn more about that character. And the next time you watch Solo, man, it's just going to pop for you even bigger. Now, you will argue, oh, the movie needs to stand alone. Yeah, 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 I get it. That's a discussion we can have. But the Catalyst Rogue One argument always comes up. And that book did make the the movie more, uh, just bigger for me, not better. Just a bit bigger. And you go back and, and as a fan, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not on the surface of things. You <laughs> probably are going to watch these movies a couple times and you're probably going to enjoy learning a little bit more. And the Star Wars writers usually do a great job of connecting that emotional canon we talk about, but connecting to all the cores and themes present in these characters. So I think you're going to get some great Kira storytelling that is going to feed back to Solo and then beyond. And there's now many ways you can take the character. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a big thing for me is I think that the movie Solo does absolutely stand totally on its own. You can just watch that movie and just enjoy it. Uh, but as we talked about before, you know, it's it's a movie called Solo and Han Solo is the main character and all the other characters are intriguing, but are ultimately a little bit of mirrors reflecting back on Han. And what's great about that is you watch that movie. It does exactly what it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Kira is her own character with all of these interesting tip of the iceberg storytelling uh, possibilities. But in that movie, she functions to help tell Han's story. And then this is great because now we are getting her story about her in this comic book. And I hope it sells a bajillion copies mm-hmm. and we get Amelia Clark back on screen. Mm. And I would love if the, you know, pre, her, her story from Solo to kind of the beginning of A New Hope, that there's plenty of elbow room left for there. So, you know, we, we can get uh, the, the big fight, the big Kira versus Maul on the big screen. Is I would love that. So here's okay. You just you, you had a sparked a thought in me here, of uh, yeah. We get her in comic form here, and that's great. And you know we'd love to see Amelia back. And it's not like this isn't like we're trying to get finally get Ray Sloan onto the a, a live action show, right? With <laughs> a lot of folks and something I still want. A lot of folks want. Uh, this is the other way around of live action. And now it, I don't want this character to be trapped in uh, just uh, comics, animation, or books. But again, those are wonderful places to tell Star Wars stories. So this, I, I, if there's going to be Charles Soule's going to give us a little bit of answers, right? And some framework to me that I'm like, this excites me that now you could go, hey, here's how she can fit into a live action series, including the stuff with Maul. Like here's, you know, the, the room, like you just said, but like, hey, this is this is the connections and this and this can work and it'll get, it'll get you thinking about it where now it's just kind of like, you know, you, I guess you could be cynical and be like, ah, you know, we, we didn't, we never heard her name in the original trilogy. So how could it possibly work? Now we can know how, how it can work. And, it, and it's a good template. And do you need that for, to do a live action series? No, but it just kind of might, might help the process. If you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I think we have a lot of evidence right now that uh, this is a rich time for Star Wars where the screen and the page uh, speak to one another. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. Absolutely. Uh, Saul has been interested in telling Star Wars stories set between Empire and Return of the Jedi. And this is part of that plan, including War of the Bounty Hunters is one of the first things he pitched when he was uh, getting a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, down the Marvel path there. Uh, He said he loves pulling in characters from all eras of the galaxy. So 
I had what? What's your thought on on this era and the use of these type of characters uh, of what Soul's saying here? Of just like, let's pull them all in because there's that that intriguing shot has like Ren on it. <laughs> a lot of characters. Does that does that work? Or uh, and can it tie uh, things together? Or is it sometimes that was Soul's work? But is there a danger of being too much? Yeah, I mean, I think there's always a a danger, you know, uh, of that. But I think this is another good Star Wars life lesson. You can be concerned about things that haven't happened yet if you have, a, you know, good reason to be. Or you can just be afraid of something that hasn't happened yet and waste your time being afraid about nothing. <laughs> uh, and for me, when I see that, I don't have any fear because I like Soul's previous work. And I think mm-hmm. in particular, it's not just that I think he's a good writer. I think he has done a really good job in previous stories of overlapping different characters and different ideas in different eras and truly getting a thematic purpose out of it. You know, he's got that Lando five shot, which I think was the the first thing I read that is, you know, Lando stumbling across uh, some Sith artifacts that Palpatine is collecting. And it's a, that's a great blending of, of, ideas that you know in the movies we don't get to see them overlap but it makes perfect sense that they do and it and it only enriches both ideas in the poe dameron run there's a ton of stuff uh pulled in from different eras you know uh, padme's dresses popping up and things like that um so i think he's got a really good track record of i'm not gonna mash these two eras these two characters together just because it's gonna look cool on a cover and it's gonna get a million clicks he's only doing it if it has like real thematic resonance that that tells us something about the characters yeah without without uh, going too too detail um soul does it so well and there's been some other incidences in star wars where i'm like in theory it in theory it's really working but it, it's not connecting with me as much as some of his stuff uh some other comics events where i'm just like oh it's great i love what you did here i, I don't know if it fully works for me uh, because it doesn't have what you're talking about this like emotional resonance this this uh, real big purpose to it. And I, I'm excited when I heard soul kind of explain this um, in this article and what his desires are. He, 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 he's one of the ones that gets, and there's many other people that get it. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, there, there's great use and it's, and it's part of this, this star Wars where star Wars is right now. And from 2012, 2015 to now, we have just this giant galaxy with many good characters. And I get excited for the ones we don't know yet. And for the crossovers that we haven't experienced yet. It can be- yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 my only hesitation about all of this is that I hope it does leave uh, plenty of room for uh, Kira, more stories for Kira on the page and on the screen. That's my only reservation. Otherwise, I'm super excited about this. Uh, with you on that as well. So let's look at Star Wars news. Uh, before we take a break, we are going to recommend an audiobook for you. What do we have this week? We are recommending Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland because we are going to read it and we are going to talk about it and you can be caught up by listening to it uh, right here with Audible. Do that. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, your questions here on Center. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 <laughs>
Welcome back to Force Center. We have taken a look at the news that we know of for now. We'll see what uh, movies are announced the moment our episode drops. Uh, but now, Joseph, we've got some questions. That is right. Here come the cues. We've got two from Twitter, two from our patrons on Patreon. We'll go to Twitter first. Lanky S. Daw says, Hi, Joseph and Ken. May the force be with you. If you had a chance to say something to the audience in 1977, before they enter a movie theater to see Star Wars for the first time, what would that be? That is a great question. Ken, are you picturing yourself time traveling back to 1977, uh, pre-dressing in 70s clothes so people aren't shocked <laughs> and, and getting ready to talk to the people? Yeah. I'll, yeah. My current dress, uh, you know, some uh, slimmer cut jeans and a jean jacket. People think I'm like a Jackson Brown guitarist uh, from L.A. and the music scene probably be, uh, be okay. I think they re- you'll, they'll think you really shrunk your jeans, but besides yeah. that, you'll fit yeah. in. Yeah. That. Um, so, yeah, this is a fun question here, Lanky. Uh, and then, the, you know, we can make all the jokes. Keep your kick ticket stub. Uh, you know, worry about canon. All that we can do that. But I think I would um, it would be it would be a little bit along the line of just like get, get ready, but also just go on this journey, go on this adventure. Let it let it just flow over you. Uh, and go in with no preconceived notions. If, if like if, I'm, if you're doing the arc light thing when you're coming out. Hi, good <laughs> evening. Welcome to Star Wars, directed by George Lucas. He did American Graffiti. Runtime is yeah. You know what I mean? Just like get ready. You're you're about to experience quite the tale. Yeah, yeah. I think the 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 first thing that came into my mind was that mood of just those sort of like you oh, you, you guys don't even know. You don't even know. You don't even- <laughs> like. Uh, the Star Wars quote, of course, about, you know, you're about to take your first step into a larger world. Yeah. Uh, so that was the the first uh, thought. But then I think, I, realistically, like if I had time travel and I could do this, this has come up uh, uh, when people ask me about time travel, because that happens on podcasts and when yeah. you're hanging out with pals, what you do with time travel is going back to 77 and, and seeing Star Wars with an audience and experiencing it. Uh, I would love that. And that made me really think about the honest thing I would ask is I would try to find some people and say, can I interview you after you watch it mm. and really try to ask some, you know, probing questions without spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them that Vader is Luke's dad like a jackass <laughs> uh, and really get the, you know, not just what they think of Star Wars, but that frame of res- reference of how does it fit into their life at that time? How does it fit into the way they understand the world or you know why is it different than another movie they saw you know although you know if it really succeeded in Mm. making them feel hopeful and young you know if they're not a younger person and all those things you know and really understand the the impact that it made on those people at that time like we got interviews Mm -hmm. we know but it would great it'd be a, a wonderful experience for me as a person to get to do that interview I 100% feel you on that because I'm very happy with my current age. I mean, I could shave five years off, I'm sure. But like (laughs) I sometimes I've I've talked about it where I love I have some friends, as you do, too, who just were like in that 10 to 15 year old age seeing A New Hope where it it got to do what you're talking about, affect him. Right. And just to go back and after the moments, uh, you know, hell, I'd like to interview myself at seven coming on Return of the Jedi. Uh, I have some memories and thoughts about what happened, but like, it was all, 
it was it was uh, staring out to the stars and thinking, well, that whole that's going on out there. And so, yeah, you're right. Sit that. Ask a 12 year old. Did you just have your life just shook the very foundations? <laughs> Tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was thinking about it, too, because this is a this is another Star Wars adventure uh, that I had this week visited uh, my parents and they were talking about why they took my brother and I uh, to Star Wars. And uh, this is something that uh, came from the midst of time. I, I would assume that my parents are remembering correctly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they had said that they went to a, a church and the church bulletin actually said, go see Star Wars. It's a great discussion of good and evil. <laughs> wow. And they're like, okay, well, well, we'll take the kids then. I guess maybe I, they didn't want to teach me morality. And they're like, let Star Wars do it. <laughs> um, but that, that was great to hear because that is often what you hear in old interviews about just Star Wars, but mm-hmm. just the first film before the fact that Vader's Luke's father gets into more complex territory, right? Yeah. Uh, Vader's a bad guy. Luke's a good guy. That's it. You know? Um, so I would love to be able to kind of interview people about that of like, what do you think this, just this film, nothing else, just yeah. Star Wars in 1977 what do you think it's saying about good and evil? What do you think it's saying about, you know, the, the rigid and the mechanical versus the organic, you know, all sorts of things. What do you, what do you think it, it says that there's a force that connects us all, but then there's these individuals like Han who need to make individual choices. Like what, what does that mean to you? And see, see what people truly, if you ask them to embrace it in terms of the ideas, what did they get out of just that first film? Yeah. Uh, that's fascinating. And, and can you also ask them, what do you think about who, who's the emperor? Do you have any thoughts on who the emperor is? Are you bummed? You only got a reference. Yeah. Isn't this lame that the whole thing was that Luke Skywalker is this, you know, great kid of a great powerful Jedi and he gets a whole lightsaber and then he just uses it to practice once and he doesn't, it's not even how he wins at the end. You don't even get to see him have a fight with it. That was lame, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Indeed. But no, I'm right there with you on just, again, the era of this film, right? Because this is a time traveling question. So you're going at the, you know, uh, four or five years after Watergate, Vietnam War, all those kind of all those things that you hear every documentary about Star Wars starts with. But to actually talk to them about that right now, what you're saying of uh, you feel hopeful. How do you feel? Yeah. Right now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have, it's such a great question, Linky. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Any other thoughts on this one, Ken? Uh, no, other than uh, let's go back in time and uh, take a, a, a sports almanac and a Star Wars ticket. Okay, that, I'll work on that for my life adventure of uh, of building the time machine so we can uh, find out truths about Star Wars and then get rich by investing in the proper companies. Yes. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to our next question from Flalilla Skywalker. Uh, Flalilla says, if Leia took on the name Skywalker, what would be the reason for her to do this? This is a great question, mm-hmm. I think, coming from this perspective, uh, I would imagine, of Leia is the holder, by the time of the sequel trilogy, of many different legacies. Uh, and she has the name Organa and the name Solo, but she is, of course, a Skywalker, and that is a huge part of uh, the importance of her legacy and what she has to wrestle with. Uh, but she doesn't take the name Skywalker. What do you think would have made her her different? Uh, what, what would have had to have been different to, to have her make that different choice? I think it's somewhere somewhere along the timeline. If, if she does this, it, it would be about, I, I see it personally as about Luke I'm not necessarily saying post-death, but just maybe Luke, the emergence of Luke Skywalker and, and, and the new legacy he's helped form that she's a part of. And I see mm. it as more as that. I look potentially Shmi. Maybe she gets some history books. It's like, hey, this one's real cool. Let's not forget, let's not forget her. <laughs> um, 
but I, I don't feel it would be to, how do I say this? Not to, not, not about not honoring Anakin, but you got to acknowledge his complicated past. He made some bad choices. Yeah. So it's a different name now. And again, it's the restoration of the name that used to be right. She's not Leia Vader. That's not what I'm suggesting, but, uh, uh, you know, at any point, even in her heart, even if the public doesn't know, she might be like, well, you know, what, do, what, do, what, if I take that name, who or, or what am I honoring? But by, as time goes on and then it's about not just Luke, again, she's part of this legacy, but it's Luke, new, new legacy, new thing going forward. Ray emerges, that kind of thing as well. It could be something about that. Almost like we're taking back this name and making it ours a little bit. Yeah, no, I really like it. It, it, I, I think this is getting my mind to go toward kind of what if uh, questions, which uh, we're gonna spoiler. We're gonna we're gonna be doing a a what if episode of uh, Star Wars Rank soon, so look forward to that. Uh, So not to totally step on our own future toes here, um, but I think for me this is a kind of a fun what if because I like the story that has emerged. That I feel like Leia. There's all these mentions in different books where Luke has, you know, kind of explained what happened with Anakin to her a little bit more from from his perspective, and and she she's trying to come to peace with the fact that this nightmare uh, Vader uh, was also this person who could be a good man, and that he did make a good choice at the end of his life. Uh, but I feel like the story as we have it right now, maybe there'll be more. She isn't totally at peace with this part of her heritage, you know? Yeah. Uh, that she almost is a sense for me. And this is a little bit of headcanon. Absolutely. That Luke comes there and is like, look, you have this power. It's my responsibility to pass it on. It's your responsibility to learn it. So he's like, okay, I will have this vision of this is where this is headed. Is not for me. Somebody else will pick up my saber, pick up my legacy. I have other you know ways to use my talents um which to me also kind of just adds up to like okay i i am aware of that part of my heritage i try to come to terms with it but it's not my focus so then to me it becomes this what if is i I think for her to take the name something different would have had to happen for her to want to carry the legacy both personally and publicly so i think she would have taken the name if she and Luke had made a decision together to be open with the galaxy about who their father truly was. Uh, maybe if she f- personally found a way to understand Anakin better so she could do what you were saying, Ken, of like mm-hmm. honoring her connection to Luke and honoring who her father had been, right? right. Or, or or saying, I'm going to take this name back and, you know, dust off the bad parts. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to refurbish this name. Yeah. Um, I think you know, that would be really interesting to me if it was like uh, she and Luke had gone through some sort of personal private journey to be like, we really want to do this. We want to own who who our father was. We want to do that publicly uh, because we went through this private journey. And, you know, I could see a great what if story of Leia and Luke making an announcement to the Senate. And that's where she announces that, you know, her name is now uh, Organa Solo Skywalker, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and not for nothing, Organ is a great name to honor, right? So uh, even if even if at one point she maybe has a choice, I mean, she, you know, the character, if, if you want to say she becomes Organa Solo, she definitely has that choice, maintains that choice. Uh, it's, it's a great legacy there as well. But uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised, too, uh, if, if she could at one point add uh, 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 Naberi <laughs> for Amidala, you know? Right. You know, she has got a lot of legacies to carry yeah. and. uh if anybody hasn't read the novelization of The Rise of Skywalker, that's one of my favorite things in it because it does really wrestle with these ideas of, uh, you know, Leia knowing that she is the carrier of all of these ideas and history and, and really wanting to pass the lessons on to the new generation. Indeed. Great stuff. 
Yeah, great question. Uh, we're going to move on to our questions from our patrons on Patreon. This one comes to us from John Ramset. Uh, John says, hi, guys. My question is about secrets. Insert spooky ghost sound here. Ken, do you want to do the spooky ghost sound? That's more of an <laughs> in- instrument. <laughs> that is definitely like a, a, a ghost about to do a fun mm. 50s song there. That was very musical. <laughs> Uh, so we'll continue with uh, John's question. He says, I completely understand why a Jedi would need to keep secrets from their enemies, but it bothers me how often Jedi keep secrets from their allies. Mm-hmm. They all do it. Qui-Gon tells Padme, the queen doesn't need to know about gambling her ship on a kid in a pod race. Anakin keeps his relationship with Padme a secret. Both Obi-Wan and Yoda initially conceal from Luke the fact that Vader is his father and Leia is his sister. When Vader tells Luke, I am your father, Luke keeps that a secret from Leia for a year. Luke and Leia never tell Rey who her grandfather is when she discovers the truth elsewhere. We never see her tell her closest friends. Secrets, secrets, secrets. Secrets are born from fear. The thought process is always, I am afraid this person will react poorly if I tell them the truth, so I just won't tell them. We all know what fear leads to. Just ask Lord Sidious, who happens to be the biggest secret keeper in the galaxy. Keeping your friends in the dark and preventing them from making informed, fact-based decisions just does not feel like the way of the Jedi to me. What do you guys think? Should Jedi strive to always stay on the path of honesty and truth, regardless of where it leads, or is keeping a secret from your friends here and there sometimes the right thing to do? Uh, thank you guys so much for rekindling my love of all things Star Wars. You're my one and only source for Star Wars talk nowadays, and I can't get enough. Uh, thank you for the very kind words, John, and the great question. Uh, you know, just a real quick question about the philosophy of secret keeping and how to dole out information. Uh, let's break this down a little bit, Ken. Do yeah. you uh, just kind of a, a, agree with the general thesis statement of, the Jedi really keep a lot of secrets. See, I, I do as, as, as the, the, the question went on and, and the list of damning evidence against them. Uh, I was like, gosh, you're right. Cause I, I just in real like secrets, secrets are, it's a shadowy word. Um, so sometimes you might refer to it as withholding information, plausible deniability. There's a lot of ways. And there's a lot of things where I see value in it and I see necessary uh, uses of uh, withholding inf- information. Um, but a lot of it has to do, but it goes back to John already have, has addressed it of, of just, well, yeah, but it, you, you were basically saying, I'm, I'm afraid you're going to act this way. So I can't, I can't give you that information. And that's, and that's the truth I can't argue with right now. <laughs> <laughs> Get that truth out there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, that central uh, premise that we see a lot of Jedi keeping secrets and it doesn't feel like a thing that in general, the Jedi would want to do, right? Uh, uh, pour some light on those shadows. That's the only way that uh, they're going to not fester. It feels very Jedi-like to say, uh, yes, we, we do need to uh, address these, these secrets so they don't fester in the dark. Um, I love all the examples uh, that John is sharing here because to me, they, they, they're different uh, depending on the storytelling. Right. I think, I think sometimes the secret keeping is shown as a flaw. Like for me, my, my read and totally understand if people have a different one of uh, Qui-Gon's a great Jedi, but uh, it's a little bit of hubris on his part. Right. Of, yeah. of saying like, no, I'm a Jedi. I'm wise. Don't worry about it. I'll do what needs to be done. He, he goes through Phantom Menace with a little bit of, of I'll decide swagger. <laughs> totally does. So I think it's, I think that one is shown to be like a little bit of a, a flaw. Um, I think Anakin and Padme, uh, Anakin in particular, not 
having a secret marriage, right? That that's a big part of the storytelling of, yes, that that's a huge flaw. That's another great what if question. What if, because Padme does advocate a few times, let, let's just, you know, step away from everything then and, and lead our lives. Let's go back to Naboo and raise our kid, uh, you know, or kids as they would find out. Um, in this idea that Anakin wants the power and the prestige of being a Jedi and, and he isn't willing to just go like, you know what? You're right. This is the most important thing to me. I'm just going to walk in there and tell the Jedi Council, I think you're wrong and I have a happy marriage and right. I would be happy to continue to serve. But if not, then I'll walk away. You know, mm-hmm. like I think this, this the marriage being a secret is a part of the storytelling of that's a flaw. That's a mistake. Um, and then you get into all of these other great examples that that come from what I would argue is characters who are centered a little bit more as, is good mentors and heroes, you know, of, of Obi-Wan and, uh, in Yoda and Luke, not telling Leia for a year and yeah. Luke in, and, uh, Leia not telling Ray about Palpatine and, uh, not telling Ben Solo about Vader. Um, I just feel like that's fascinating parenting storytelling, right? Of mm-hmm. those are, those are characters who have every intent to tell their their uh, literal and metaphorical children, family members, they have every intent to tell them the truth. And they're having that decision of when is, when is the right time? Which I is a really fair, fair question, you know, fair, fair, uh, fair question to ask as a parent, you know, or as a, as, a, as anyone in a, in a position of, of leadership versus uh, I use that terms as opposed to authority. But uh, I think it's a fair, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fair debate to have over the benefits of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am, I am not a, a parent, so I will not have any strong opinion about exactly how you dole out information to children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I love that that's the storytelling. I love, you know, when Yoda says that, you know, he's he's sad because he feels like luke wasn't ready for the burden right yeah and, and i think that's what's going on with obi-wan too if he's trying to give him a father uh to look up to not you know a, a man to hate and want you know vengeance on he, and he accidentally kind of gives him both in, in separate figures yeah. uh, who are actually one um but i think there is such good intention in it and, and i feel that in in rise of skywalker with you know leia feeling like it's it's she needs to go. It's not quite time yet, but kind of trying to already preload her up with the advice of, you know, never be afraid of who you are. Right. Uh, it's, it's this great bittersweet of like, I'm really trying to do right by my child and maybe even listen to the force and and listen for the right moment. And yeah, maybe I missed the moment. Yeah, maybe. Maybe look this up. with all the information to me is, 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 and John touched upon it. There is just it's, it's it's definitely a form of attachment to fear of what people will do, but it's also definitely an attachment to power. And I think you can look at the, some of it. I think I think what you're saying a little bit of Qui Gon. I I got some power in the situation. Uh, I, I'm a good dude. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to it. But I I, I wrote down the note, and you 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 hit it. Uh, uh, intentions need to be factored in, but also this idea. As for in terms of the Jedi, you and I just did a great uh, deep dive on the idea of patience and, you know, this uh, waiting for all the info. And sometimes maybe that's their part of their journey and you don't want to influence it, right? Luke might run away from his path. Uh, Ray might run away from her path. The information can blur the lines, uh, all those kind of things. But also there's a little bit of a protection of what other people will do with the information. And mm. I think that's big for me too, in terms of Star Wars, but in, in real life as well. But keeping it to star Wars of, uh, you know, Luke starts, you know, telling Leia or, Hey, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? I just, uh, thanks for picking me up. Can I tell you something? 
uh, uh, post-Bespin. And then that gets out too fast, too soon, because look what happens years later when it does. It, it, and Leia is cast out, essentially, in Bloodline. Uh-oh. Well, yeah, and she's immediately threatened, right? That, that the, of course, the Sith would want her power, too. Indeed. And, and, and I'm not saying everything, every example that John wonderfully provided, you know, is it has that shield up of, well, we just didn't want them to know. But, you know, and even if, if Luke, look, if Luke knows too soon and he if something goes wrong and he's captured, killed, the emperor gets to him, you know, and, and the information goes out to the wrong people. That's a danger as well. I think there's a little bit of that. It's not all the way. And, and, and my final note that I wrote is this is, uh, is uh, John, perhaps I have no real answer. <laughs> the, 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 the Jedi are, uh, you know, they're dealing unfair cards at times, um, but it happens a lot. But I, I, you maybe think like Quagon Padme. Padme keeps the, that secret of the bodyguards. That's because that information gets out. She's in danger. That's why she's right. Which is why the value uh, of revealing herself to Boss Nass and, and that truth of that moment. And, and I'm not hiding anything with you anymore. And the trust is built. But, yeah, that was done for her protection. And, and, and no one would argue with that. Again, she's not a Jedi, but. No. Yeah, but I think that that you know that to me is why I, I like thinking a lot about what's the difference between just fear of something bad that might happen and legitimate concern of like yeah no uh, people are going to try to kill me that's a whole thing <laughs> yeah yeah all the time yeah I think I think my final thought is I especially for the characters that are intending and trying to be good mentors and are maybe making a mistake um, waiting too long maybe they are wrestling with their own fear I, I think in terms of you know Star Wars storytelling. In some ways, I think the not having the revelation about your your dark lineage or your scary lineage is a little bit of a metaphor for coming of age and the older generation letting the younger generation learn what they need to for themselves. Yeah. Like it's it's very heightened to be like, sorry, I didn't tell you right. <laughs> that your your father, your grandfather is this figure. That's that's good information to have, as John is is arguing. But then sometimes, almost emotionally, it feels to me like um, the times when, and I think it can even happen between friends of like, you know, I, I know from my life experience, uh, when you touch that hot stove, it's going to burn you. But I also know you're in a point where you, uh, me telling you that will make no difference. You need to burn yourself so you can process it how you want to and learn the way you want to, right. you know? So I think to me in the storytelling there's a little bit of a metaphor of that, of sometimes you have to let the younger generation learn their lessons for themselves and then be there for them when they learn them. hundred percent. That's uh, the parenting lesson that, you know, you, I got to parent a, a robot vacuum and a dog right now. So I don't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I and I will happily uh, listen to the lessons of, of real parents or parents of uh, dogs and robots like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That is a great question. We could talk about that one for a long time, John. Thank you so much. But we are going to move on to our final question from Andrew Holmes. Andrew says, hi, Ken and Joseph. Thought I'd throw in a silly one to repeat a force centerism. So much of what we love about Star Wars is the big themes, but we also just love the cool. For me, the coolest thing in Star Wars is Han's blaster belt being uh, Han's blaster belt and low slung holster. It just oozes cool from the moment we see him subtly pulling that DL-44 on Greedo. I mean, if he it was worn higher, he couldn't have done that, right? And clearly, Lord and Miller slash Ron Howard knew how cool it is with all the belt and holster glory shots in Solo. Uh, I recently got the Black Series Archive Hoth Han added to the collection, 
and it even makes cold weather gear look cool. <laughs> Funny how the tactile figure experience makes you appreciate something even more. So my question is, what are both of your coolest thing in Star Wars? Uh, keep up the great work. You guys really helped to fuel our fandom. May the force be with you. Thank you, Andrew, for the great question and for fueling our fandom. Uh, Ken, mm-hmm. do you, uh, I want to jump in first and, and, and yeah. close with your thoughts uh, because uh, I wrote down a couple things. But then I realized this is not a question to try to be uh, overly clever on or, or deep dive on in, mm-hmm. in, in my perspective. For me, the coolest thing is lightsabers, period. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The answer is the answer sometimes. <laughs> sometimes the answer is the answer. And, and for me, I think I, I even had this quote to a good friend of mine in Minneapolis uh, years ago. I got to see this friend this weekend. It was really nice to reconnect with him and. And he remembered this quote years later uh, during the the height of the uh, people of our generation really disliking the prequels. Uh, right. And as I've said many times, I had my ups and downs with them. I had my critiques, but I bought the figures. I bought the lightsaber toys. I kept going back. I kept watching them on VHS and DVD. And and I remember having a conversation with my friend of like, you know, you you seem to really have a lot of flaws with these movies and that, you know, and yet you talk about them all the time. <laughs> and I just like, at the end of the day, they got lightsabers and I just really like lightsabers. <laughs> it's just star Wars. It's kind of my way to say it's, it's just star Wars. And I think, you know, at the time I was still in this place where I was letting myself be too concerned with what I thought the flaws were. So I couldn't see the, uh, for me, what I've come to so deeply love and appreciate uh, about the prequels. Uh, but lightsabers hold all this iconography. They're so meaningful. We talked about that with the Visions trailer, but you also just can't get around how cool it is, the the sound, the look, mm. the idea of, of fighting with this, the way that every kid of every generation who sees anything Star Wars will see any cylindrical object and pretend it's a lightsaber. That's just your instinct of what to do. Yeah. Uh, a mop, that's a lightsaber, period, because it's just that cool. Yeah, that's no, that's that's yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> Sorry, that's the answer. Because <laughs> you're going back and it's it's that image of Luke on top of the sales bar sail bars that got me. Yeah. It's about that. Um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sorry. If you have any more to say, I'll, I'll go into my ramble here. But yeah, no, I mean, I just so for me, it is it, lightsabers uh, is the big thing. But there are other other things that I really it, it, and lightsabers kind of straddle the line. They are super cool, but they have all this meaning. But there are things that I, I, I in the spirit of this question, uh, you know, I love the tie striker design because it's cool. I love the short trooper design because it's cool. I love that Boba Fett has knee darts because it shouldn't be cool, but it is. Like I, I really do also like, as Andrew was saying, to really celebrate the stuff that that has mostly just almost aesthetic value uh, along with the meaning. So I wanted to celebrate those things as well with a few examples. That's it, Ken. I want to hear your cool things. Yeah, I try to go both to like like taking yourself back to uh, speaking of time traveling of of coming out of the theaters or, you know, watching on VHS and just, you know, what you're daydreaming about. And it is a lot of the ship designs uh, that kind of, I, I obsessed with the, you know, the Imperial toys, but like the, the ad at walkers, even the ATSCs on Endor, I was obsessed with the fear on the faces of the rebels fighting those. And so therefore the walkers, I, I love the walkers for what they inspired to in me, which was, fear and would I be fighting? I, 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 I was always obsessed with the, the 10 of four hallway scene that starts new hope where those rebels and one who I always would tell everyone was Han Solo's cousin, 
uh, <laughs> first guy with the bushy, uh, bushy eyebrows, uh, that they're, you know, ducking down, crouching in a hallway, facing monsters. And I just was, and that was so cool to me that they did that. So there's that kind of emotional thing. And, 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 and going back to like being seven or eight, I was terrified. I've talked about it before. I'm terrified of that at, at Walker's foot coming down through oh, uh, yeah. the, uh, the, the uh, Trent Callum's uh, off, uh, binoculars or whatever, like terrified of that, terrified of the Ewoks up against the ATSDs when before the, the turn of the tide in that battle, terrified. So therefore it becomes so cool because I just was pulled into the daydream of it. But in terms of like something that's just like, cool, man, I, I'll you say lightsabers, I'll say Darth Vader. <laughs> the image of Darth Vader, the coolest of Darth Vader, which as George will point out, hey, maybe y'all thought it was too cool, but the cape, the 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 the, the red saber on a on the the goth black, like <laughs> that reason that when Maul comes around, we're like, ooh, Kylo Ren comes around, we're like, all right, all right, it looks like a Star Wars villain. And you don't want to obsess and, and focus too much on the villains, but even Palps, oh man. He's cool and is in his evilness. And there's just something about it. Talking about Andrew and, and this low slung uh, holster. I get it, Andrew. I'm right there with you because I love Han. But I think it's a little bit of Vader walking down that hallway with that cape. And just wherever he was, it was terrifying. I wanted to know. And it was cool. Yeah, no. I mean, like, I think of that shot in Rogue One of just, the you know, the shadow coming into his uh, business meeting with Krennic. And, like, it's just cool it's a yeah. it's just a great uh representation of a walking nightmare with a cool lightsaber so lots of cool stuff going on there yeah. uh any any final cool thoughts no there's a lot of cool things in star wars to choose from that's we're all for <laughs> we're, we're keeping this amazingly amazingly short uh that is it for our questions today thank you andrew thank you john thank you flalilis and lanky thank you all indeed and hey you want to find us follow us maybe ask us some questions you can go to Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast is available on a lot of different spots, including Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Spotify, and more. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Uh, you can also support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Uh, excited to have new patrons. And as we announced uh, last week, we have a commemorative poster up for uh the fourth center 1000 and just kind of celebrating a thousand episodes of fourth center with all of you and as a way to thanks if you uh, support the top two tiers at uh, on patreon and you uh all you have to do is hit it once there you'll get that poster sent to you uh designed by the great brian ward so check that out we got uh our own things we work on sometimes, believe it or not, outside of Star Wars. And you can uh, find all those for me by following me at Cadnapsock or going to Cadnapsock.com, including information on upcoming comedy shows locally here in L.A., Ha Ha Cafe on the 31st, and possibly Vegas soon, and possibly uh, confirming some final things. Uh, even getting emails while we're recording. I, it looks like I will be going to New York to do some comedy with Mark Ellis in early October. Stay tuned for that. We always like highlighting uh, charities and things of uh, interest in the real world that we're uh, behind. We talked about Amelia Clark today. Uh, I have uh, been uh, following her great um, 
a charity called Same You. It's a group dedicated to brain injury recovery, championed and uh, created by Amelia Clark, who, of course, uh, most people know by now, but she, speaking of secrecy, secrets, uh, secretly uh, suffered a traumatic brain injury after season one of Game of Thrones and uh, affected her life, potentially took her life, and she fought through that. And so she's got this great organization called Same You. You can donate, fundraise for them, and hear stories of those affected by going to their website. All right, Joseph. Yeah, you can uh, find me on all the social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, there'll be some Star Wars stuff there, some frozen pizza, lots of different of my life interests uh, explored on social media. And for all of my other comedy adventures, uh, comedy albums, uh, future show dates, uh, shows I've written for, all kind of stuff like that are on my website at josephscrimshot.com. Uh, for the thing I'd like to highlight this week, if you are a listener who lives in California, there's a really important election coming up. It's one that can kind of fly under the radar, and it's, uh, I think, a really important one to vote on because it has really big impacts, and it's a slightly confusing ballot. So I suggest everyone uh, to look up and figure out for themselves what they think about this governor recall. That vote is happening on September 14th. There are a lot of ways that you can vote before then, and just encourage people to look at all that information and make an informed decision and use your power. That's it for me. He's about that. That right there is my uh, my ballot. Gonna go mail that in after the show today. Nice, good stuff indeed. Ah, wonderful episode. Great questions. A lot of stuff covered. We'll wait for the next news drop that will happen. Probably check your watches <laughs> in moments. But this was for Center. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.